Pictures of Him by Colleen Hoover Chapter 6 Pleasure I don't understand attractions. What is it that draws people to each other? How can dozens of women walk through the doors to this bar every week and I don't feel the urge to give any of them a second glance? But then this girl waltz in and I can take my fucking eyes off her. Now I can take my mouth off her. I don't know why I'm breaking my self-imposed rule. No pursuing customers. But there's something about her that indicates I only have one chance. I get the feeling she's either passing through town or doesn't plan on coming back in here. Tonight seems like an exception to whatever her normal routine may be. And I feel like skipping an opportunity to be with her will be that one regret in life I'll still think back on when I'm an old man. She seems like a quiet person, but not the shy kind of quiet. She's quiet in a fierce way, a storm that sneaks up on you and you don't know it's there until you feel the thunder rattle your bones. She's quiet but she said just enough to make me want the rest of her words. She tastes like apples, even though she had coffee earlier, and apples are my favorite fruit. They're probably my favorite food, period, now. We kissed for several seconds, and even though she made the first move, she still seemed surprised when I pulled her to my mouth. Maybe she expected me to wait a little longer before tasting her, or maybe she wasn't expecting it to feel like this. I hope it feels like this for her. But whatever caused that tiny gasp right before my mouth met hers, it wasn't because she didn't want the kiss. She pulls away briefly indecisive, but then she seems to make up her mind because she leans in and kisses me again with even more conviction. That conviction disappears, though, too fast. She pulls away for a second time, and this time her eyes are full of regret. She shakes her head quickly and places her palms on my chest. I cover her hands with mine right when she says, I'm sorry. She slides off me, the inside of her thigh rubbing across my zipper, making me even harder as she scoots out of the booth. I reach for her hand, but her fingers trickle out of mine as she back away from the table. I shouldn't have come back. She turns away from me and heads towards the door. I deflate. I didn't commit her face to memory and I don't like the thought of her living without me, being able to remember the exact shape of the mouth that was just on mine, and I push out of the booth and follow her. She can't get the door open. She jiggles the handle and tries to push it like she can't get away from me fast enough. I want to beg her to stay, but I also want to help her get away from me. So I pull down on the top lap while reaching in front of her with my foot to push up on the floor lap. The door opens and she spills outside. She inhales a big gulp of air and then spins and faces me. I scan her mouth, wishing I had a photographic memory. Her eyes are no longer the same color as her shirt. They're lighter green now because she's staring up. Once again, I find myself not knowing what to do. I've never seen a girl so old over the place in such a short amount of time, and none of it feels forced or dramatic. With every move she makes and every feeling she has, it's as if she wants to reel them back in and tuck them away. She seems embarrassed. She's gasping for breath, trying to wipe away the few tears that are beginning to form. And since I have no idea what the fuck to say, I just hug her. What else can I do? 
I pull her to me, and for a second, she stiffens, but that's almost immediately followed by a sigh as she relaxes. We're the only people around. It's after midnight. Everyone is home, sleeping, watching a movie, making love. But I'm here on Main Street, hugging a really sad girl, wondering why she's sad, wishing I didn't think she was beautiful. Her face is pressed against my chest, and her arms are tight around my waist. Her forehead comes right up to my mouth, but she's stuck under my chin. I rub her arms. My truck is right around the corner. I always park in the alley, but she seems upset, and I don't want to encourage her to follow me to an alley when she's crying. I lean against an awning post and pull her with me. Two minutes pass, maybe three. She doesn't let go. She moves against me, soaking up the comfort my arms and chest and hands are giving her. I'm rubbing her back up and down, my voice still trapped in my throat. Something is wrong with her, something I'm not sure I even want to know at this point, but it's something I can't just leave her on the sidewalk and drive away from. I don't think she's crying anymore when she says, I need to go home. I'll give you a ride. She shakes her head and pulls away from me. I keep my hands on her arms and I notice when she folds her arms over her chest that she touches my right hand with two of her fingers. It's just a quick swipe but it's deliberate, like she wants to get one last tiny feel of me before she leaves. I don't leave far, I'll walk. She's crazy if she thinks she's walking home. It's too late to be walking by yourself. I point toward the alley. My truck is 10 feet away. For obvious reasons, that gesture makes her hesitate, but then she accepts the hand I'm reaching out to her, and she follows me around the corner. When my truck comes into view, she stops walking. I turn around and she's staring at my truck with concern in her eyes. I can call you an Uber if you'd prefer that, but I swear I'm just offering you a ride home, no expectations. She looks down at her feet but continues walking toward my truck. I open my passenger door for her, and when she climbs inside, she doesn't face forward. She's still facing me and her legs are preventing me from closing the door. She's looking at me like she's torn. Her eyebrows are drawn apart. I'm not sure I've ever seen anyone look so effortlessly sad. Are you okay? She leans her head against the seat and stares at me. I will be, she says quietly. Tomorrow is a big day for me. I'm just nervous. What's tomorrow? I asked her. A big day for me. She obviously doesn't plan on elaborating, so I nod, respecting her privacy. Her focus moves to my arm. She touches the hem of my sleeve, so I put my hand on her knee because I want it somewhere on her, and her knee seems like the safest place until she lets me know where else she might want my hand. I don't know what her intentions are. Most people show up to bars and make their intentions clear. You can tell who come in for a hookup and who comes in to get shit-faced. I can't tell with this girl. It seems like she accidentally opened the door and ended up in my bar and has no idea what she wants from tonight. Maybe she just wants to skip tonight and get straight to whatever big thing she's going on tomorrow. I'm waiting for a signal from her on what she wants me to do next because I thought I was taking her home. But she hasn't faced forward. It's like she wants me to kiss her again, but I don't want to make her cry again. But I want to kiss her again. I touch her face and she leans into my hand. I'm still not positive she's comfortable, so I hesitate until she scoots closer to me. 
I position myself between her legs and then she tightens her thighs around my hips. I can take a hint. I swipe my tongue across her lips and she pulls me in until her sweet breath is in my mouth. She tastes like apple still, but her mouth is saltier and her tongue is more decisive. She leans into my keys and I lean into the truck, into her, and she slowly falls back across the seat, pulling me with her. I hover over her, standing between her legs, pressing myself against her. The way she sucks in small gasp of air while I kiss her is driving me insane. She guides my hand up her shirt and I grab her breast and she wraps her legs around me and then my jeans are against hers and we're rocking back and forth like we're in fucking high school and this is our only place to go. I want to pull her back into the bar and tear off her clothes but this is enough. More than this would be way too much for her or maybe too much for me. I don't know. I just know her mouth and this truck are enough. After a minute of making out in the dark, I pull away from her mouth just enough to see that her eyes are closed and her lips are parted. I keep my steady rhythms going against her and she lifts her hips and I swear the friction between our clothes is enough to start an actual fire. It's so hot between her thighs and I don't think I can finish like this. I'm not sure she can either. We're just going to drive ourselves crazy if we don't find a way to get even closer or stop altogether. I would invite her to my house but my parents are in town and I'm not bringing anyone near those two. Nicole, I whisper. I feel uncomfortable even suggesting this but I can't keep making out with her in an alley like she isn't worth a bed. We could go back inside. She shakes her head and says, no, I like your trap, right before pulling my mouth back to hers. If she likes my trap, I love my trap. My trap is my second favorite thing in the world right now. Her mouth is my first. She moves my hand to the button on her jeans so I oblige and embatten them while my tongue is dragging across hers. I slip my hand into the front of her jeans until my fingers slide over her pants. She moans and it's so loud against the silent soundtrack of this sleepy town. I move her panties aside with my fingers and I met with smooth skin and heat and a whimper. When I inhale, I can hear the shakiness of my own breath. I bury my mouth against her neck just as headlights turn onto the street next to us. Shit. My truck is parked in the alley, but we aren't hidden from the view of the street. We suddenly find ourselves crumbling as we're snapped back to reality. I pull my hand out of her jeans and she buttons them. I help her up and then she faces forward while straightening out her hair. I close her door and walk around the track as the car approaches and comes to a slow roll, then a stop right in front of the alley. I glance up at the car and see Grady in his cursor. He's crawling down the window so I walk away from my truck and up to his car. Busy night? He asks as he leans toward the passenger seat so that he can see me from the driver's side of the car. I look behind me at Nicole in the truck and then back at him. Yep, just closed. You on until morning? He turns down his radio. Whitney took a new shift at the hospital so I'm back on nights for now. I like it. It's quiet. I tap his hood and then take a step back. Good to hear. I gotta go. See you tomorrow on this field. Grady can tell something is up. I'm usually not this quick to brush him off. He leans forward looking around me, attempting to see whoever is in my truck. I lean to the right and block his view. Have a good night, Grady. I point down the road, letting him know he's welcome to continue his patrol. He grins. Yep, you too. 
I'm not trying to hide her, I just know his wife's gossip, and I don't really want to be the talk of the t-ball field tomorrow. I climb onto my truck, and she's got her feet up on the dash. She's looking out her window, avoiding eye contact with me. I don't want her to feel awkward. That's the last thing I want. I reach over and tap a strand of hair behind her ear. You okay? She nods, but the nod is stiff, and so is she, and so is her smile. I live next to... Safko. That gas station is almost two miles away. She told me earlier she lived close by, but two miles at midnight isn't close. Safko of Bellevue? She shrugs. I think so. I can't remember all the street names. I just moved here today. That explains why she isn't familiar to me. I want to say something like, where'd you come from? What brings you to town? But I say nothing because she seems to want me to say nothing. Two miles only takes two minutes when there's no traffic. And two minutes isn't all that long, but it sure does feel like an eternity when you're spending it in a truck with a girl you almost fought, and it wouldn't have been a good luck. It most certainly wouldn't have been quick, sloppy, selfish, couldn't have been good for her fault. I want to apologize, but I'm not sure what I'd be apologizing for, and I don't want her to think I regret it. The only thing I regret is that I'm taking her home and not to my house. I live there, she says, pointing at Paradise Apartments. I don't come to this part of town very often. It's in the opposite direction of my house, so I rarely drive down this road. I honestly thought they condemned this place. I pull into the parking lot and I intend to kill the engine and open her door for her, but she's already out of the truck before I even get it turned off. Thanks for the ride, she says, and for the coffee. She closes the door and spins around like that's how we're supposed to part. I open my door. Hey, wait. She pauses but waits to turn around until I've reached her. She's hugging herself, chewing on her lip, scratching nervously at her arm. She looks up at me. You don't have to say anything. What do you mean? I mean, I know what that was. She waves a hand at my trap. You don't have to ask for my number. I don't even have one. How does she know what that was? I don't know what that was. My mind is still trying to process it. Maybe I should ask her. What was that? What does it mean? Can it happen again? I'm in uncharted territory. I've had one night stands before, but things were discussed and agreed to prior to the sex. And it's always happened in a bed or something close to it. But with her, the makeout just happened and then it was interrupted and it was in an alley of all places. I feel like an asshole. I have no idea what to say. I don't know where to put my hands because I feel like I should be hugging her goodbye. But it seems like she doesn't want me near her now. I slip my hands into the pockets of my jeans. I want to see you again. It's not a lie. Her eyes flicker from mine to her apartment building. I'm not. She sighs. And then she just says, No, thank you. She says it politely. I can't even be upset. I stand in front of her apartment building and watch her walk away until she goes up the stairs and into an apartment, and I can't see her anymore. And even then, I stay in the same spot because I think I'm shocked or at least jarred. I don't know her at all, but I find her more intriguing than anyone else I've met in a long time. I want to ask her more questions. She never even answered the one question I asked about her life, who the hell is she? Why do you feel the need to find out more about her?
have listened to audiobook podcast Reminders of Him by Colleen Hoover here in Untold Stories Spotify channel. If you would like to hear the next chapter, please follow and support this channel. Thank you and see you again on our next chapter.